Hello, lovely people. I'm Jamila, and this is a Grand Life Podcast, where we drink wine and discuss life because life ain't half bad when you're drinking. Each episode, I'll feature a new wine, give you my two cent review, and talk about whatever is happening in my or someone else's life. So first and foremost, I want to apologize to my grand listeners for being away so long. It was ridiculous. The beginning of the school year is always crazy for me. And I I mean, full disclosure, I did not plan accordingly to try to balance everything out. And I ended up being sick for over a month. I lost my voice a few times and a whole bunch of other shenanigans that derailed me. But this is 2020, the year of production. That is what I am naming it because there have been a lot of things on my mind. And after watching Kevin Hart's documentary, which if you haven't, you really should. I think it clears up a lot of things. And like I read his book, I've seen all his stand-up. I've seen them live, I think three times. But it it just, when you talk about work ethic, like it's the same thing I, I feel about Beyonce. You don't have to like how she sounds or anything about her, but you can't deny the work ethic. So after watching that documentary, speaking with my husband, I just realized it's time for us and specifically me to adapt the production versus consumer mindset. So I'm saying all of that to say that I won't be away for that long again. So I do apologize. But thank you guys so much. You've been reaching out to me, sending me messages saying, where are you? So I appreciate it. All right. So our grand wine of the day is the Federalist Honest Red Blend 2016. Now, I wish I could say that I have like a specific criteria for choosing wine, some secret or magical formula. I don't. I like a wine with an intriguing label and a good story, and I love recommendations. So if you have any or any wines you want to suggest, let me know by sending me voice notes on anchor.com on a grand life podcast or email me at a.grandenterprises at gmail.com. So I chose this wine because the label had Abraham Lincoln on the cover. And I was like, I'm not sure if Lincoln's politics or weathered image are what I want in mind or on my palate, um, for that matter, when I'm tasting a wine. But at minimum, I was intrigued to learn more about the wine and the company. So I bought it. Now, so the curators of federal Federalist Wines describe their wines, all of them, because they have a few, um, and their process as grown, quote, grown, aged, crafted in some of America's most renowned regions with the same rebellious spirit that created a nation. No clue what they mean by the the rebellious spirit and what does that have to do with the way you made the wine? They don't elaborate on that, but I'll take their word for it. So their other wines have George Washington on the Lodi Zinfandel, um, Benjamin Frank- Franklin on the Cabernet Sauvignon and the Statue of Liberty on the Chardonnay. Now, my husband is a historian and I love to learn, but it appeared odd that these were the images conjured for these specific wine blends. So this honest red blend, what you know, I just got it. Like it's the honest red blend because of the nickname, like Abraham Lincoln's nickname, Honest Abe. I, all right, that's corny. All right, anyway. But I can dig it. That's what you choose to do. Go for it. So the tagline for the honest red blend is, quote, it has a rich round mouth feel with lush black currant flavor and the subtlest hint of North Coast California spice. We just say it tastes damn good as long as we're being honest. You know, a little spunk in your whole presentation. Okay. 
And so it has 14.5% alcohol percentage. So let's see if this wine truly is quote unquote damn good. That's a big claim because a lot of these wines don't taste like that. Anyway, as always, the rule is I don't try the wine until we start recording. So here goes the first pour and sip. Well, it doesn't taste like a dusty old man, so, <laughs> so that's good. Wait. Mm. Now, here's what's funny. For any West Indians, Latin people, particularly of Jamaican descent, right? African descent, which is everybody. Anyway, so you are used to having a holiday fruitcake. Now... <clears throat> this is not the fruit cake that we think of that has like the green fruit in it. Now, it's a bunch of currants and raisins and all kinds of things that are steeped in alcohol for a year. So you make it in December and then you get those fruits together in December or January and you have them soaking in alcohol for the year until the next holiday, right? The next Christmas. So there is... A, t a lingering taste in this wine that reminds me of that. Not as sweet, but it definitely reminds me of that. So I will say, Federalist, you talked about the taste of black currants. I can taste it. So kudos to you guys. Mm. It's um, it's not that dry. It actually, it just has a nice finish to it. So. It's on the drier side, but it's not as dry. Like, I wouldn't call it an extremely dry wine. So, Vivino.com rated this wine 3.9 on their four-star scale, collecting reviews from over 2,500 respondents, which seems pretty consistent. That's a lot of people that have given this wine a review. One reviewer, MC, described the Federalist Honest Red Blend as, quote, transparent ruby in the glass, very lush aroma of blackberries and black cherry. Hold on. I don't know about all that. Vanilla comes through on the palate with black cherry, a hint of oak spice, and just a touch of plum. Delicious. Now, do I taste all... The vanilla doesn't come through for me at all on my palate. Again, my palate is not trained, y'all. I just like wine and I talk about it, okay? So that doesn't come through for me. I can smell a little bit of the black cherry, but like I told y'all before, I was sick for a month, so who knows what the hell I'm smelling. So, mmm. Another reviewer, Tyson T, his review made me, I don't know if it's a man or woman, whatever, but their review made me laugh. It said, quote, balanced, yummy, and schizophrenic, licorice, blackberry pie, and other dark fruits. Now, I don't know if I want my wine to have a mental disorder, but I'm not mad at it. But I think what Tyson T was saying was that you get a lot of different flavors and notes, so it doesn't necessarily have like a clear path and each sip tastes a little differently. So I think that's where Tyson T was going with that. Mm. Mm. Now, a note for Federalist Wines as a company. Y'all didn't think to include the true founders of this country, like featuring some indigenous people, those that were kidnapped and brought here well before Washington, like, None of that? Nope. nope. You guys didn't think about featuring anybody else? So, 
just some serious food for thought or wine for thought in that matter. So something to think about. Now, I have so many topics in my head. I've been having some amazing conversations with people and listeners and friends and families and having all these topics is really good. And I will say I've been in the mood to laugh a lot, like laugh hard and laugh a lot. 2019 was so stressful and everybody puts up their posts about the new year and they're going to get it right this year. Last year was hard, but every year has its challenges, right? 2019 for me was stressful. So my ability to like keep my sense of humor, make me laugh, make myself laugh, it's really helped me through some difficult times. And I'm really excited that I had great people to laugh with this year. So that brings us to our current topic. So I asked a lot of my friends and some listeners what their most embarrassing moments were. And for real, <laughs> lots of them included asses and shit. Okay. <laughs> I laugh so hard listening or reading these stories. And the fact that I get to share with you guys and to hear your opinion, it's just going to bring me pure joy. So today's topic is embarrassing moments. And 100% honestly, I'm not someone that gets embarrassed easily. Like I don't. I burp when I want to. I try to pass gas silently and without notice. And if that doesn't happen, oh well. Like I've even had times where I literally completely hemorrhaged all over a doctor when I have fibroids. Welcome to the battlefield, bitch. Like, <laughs> either way, what I love about this topic is the universality of it. Like, everyone has a moment that they either wish didn't happen or happened to someone else because then it would actually be funny, right? Versus embarrassing. So, I also think sexual embarrassing moments are hilarious because sex can already be awkward depending on who you are. And to have a genuinely out-of-body, embarrassing moment on top of it, man, that's pure gold. So, mm, one listener actually queefed in her boyfriend's face right when he was positioned to, let's say, enjoy a meal, okay? (laughs) Now, (laughs) for those of you who do not know what queefing is, it's when your lovely pristine vagina emits a gush of air that undoubtedly makes a whistling flatulent sound. It's hilarious at best and never occurs during an opportune moment. Now, people might call it different things. I've actually never heard it called anything else other than queefing, but actually, if you have another name for it, let me know because that'll make me laugh too. Okay, but... It's one thing to like queef afterwards or during actual intercourse because at that point, who cares? Like nobody cares about that. It's just part of the the, the symphony of your body is making noise. Like nobody cares. But yo, right in dude's face, yo, yo, I would have died. Like literally would have died. But it's one of those moments. It's like, what are you going to do? Honestly, I would have laughed apologize, and then told him to get to it. Like, resume. Come on. That cannot be the reason our session is discontinued. We're all grown, so take it like a champ and move on. But (laughs) seriously, I just hope she didn't have asparagus that day because that would have been just rude and nasty. All right? And if you don't know what I mean by that, um, send me a message. I'll explain. So the funniest one I read was my girlfriend slash listener who has IBS, okay? Now, IBS is Irritable Bowel Syndrome. 
So you already know it's going to be fucked up if we start with that kind of contextual fact, right? So her then boyfriend, now husband, slept over for the first time, which is already nerve wracking. When you're with someone, you actually like them. The first anything is nerve wracking. Okay. But the first time they sleep over, you have to like make sure the house is cleaner than you usually keep it and make it look like as if you didn't plan it or didn't plan for them to sleep over all those kinds of things. All right. It's a lot. So he was taking a shower in the morning and Trish, that's the pseudonym we're going to give her because I would never use her real name, had severe bubble guts, like severe so imagine you have bubble guts, but now bubble guts on steroids because you have IBS, right? So the problem is with IBS, foods with high grease, alcohol, etc., will make the symptoms way worse. So you really have to watch your diet. But with Trish, the night before, all her and her boyfriend ate was fried foods. Fried foods, beer, nachos, all that stuff, like pub food, right? So she's basically dying. So now, now she has like nacho beer and fried food bubble guts, um, which is already bad. Like that can make everybody have a bad moment. But then with the IBS, all the way downhill. So she's trying to keep her stomach and her ass from erupting. She's like <laughs> clenching her butt cheeks for dear life. Okay. <laughs> and we've all done it. And many of us have failed. So but with Trish, she failed miserably. Even after practicing like deep breathing, internal motivation techniques, she's like, we are miserable. We are totally one. I know you can overcome the urge to explode if we just focus. Namaste. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that wasn't a quote, <laughs> but in my head, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> So in my head, that's what she was saying to her ass, okay? So none of that shit worked. So she had a sneaky fart appear. Now, you know when a fart tells you it's just a little gas, but it turns out to be more. So she said, let me just release this little fart and it will like alleviate some of the pressure until he gets out of the only bathroom in my apartment. That fart turned into Mount Vesuvius all over her bed like <laughs> so as her man her boyfriend is in the shower she is shitting uncontrollably in her bed with no ability to stop okay I mean none you know when Trish told me this story I hollered okay I damn near spit out the wine I was actually drinking at the time not Federalist wine but it gets better she ran to the kitchen to grab the garbage can to like try to clean up. And then she had to start shitting in the garbage can too because she couldn't control it. <laughs> All the while, her man is in the shower, probably reminiscing about like the night before and how sexy she was. <laughs> Not anymore, player. That sexy shit went out the window into her bed and into the garbage can. So now... You and I would immediately think like, oh my goodness, how can you control the smell of that amount of duty in your house when he gets out of the shower? Yes, I said duty. I have a toddler. Move on. So now an effective remedy to help IBS or what has helped Trish is peppermint pills, right? So she was taking them constantly and had been taking them before. So 
Trish had minty shit literally all around her house in bed. So, so when he came out of the shower, he had no clue what had been going on. Okay. And, and I, so just so you know, I went out to dinner last night with Trish. I did have one of the peppermint pills. I didn't take them obviously as regularly as she does. So I'm going to try to take more because I'm sure my husband would appreciate some like minty smelling shit in the house too. But so as she's hugging him goodbye, she manages to like keep him out of the bedroom. Then she sees a piece of minty shit on her arm as she's hugging him goodbye. <laughs> Yo, what if he thought that was something else or like candy? I can't. It's so nasty. So he had no clue. I said, Trish, when did you tell him what happened? She's like, yeah, after we got married. So he, he said, I do and didn't know about the doo-doo that had taken place that night. So that was pretty funny to hear her talk about that. Mm. So, I will say my most embarrassing moment follows along similar lines. It's really interesting how many people have like a, a, a feces story. Like, it's just funny. So, and I should have put a disclaimer. Like, if you're one of those people that gets really grossed out by fluids, the mention of it, blood, shit, like, this is not the episode for you, okay? Just fast forward till I get to the next segment in their defense and just start from there, all right? So, before my husband and I were married, as we were, like, planning the wedding and everything, we lived together for a few months, okay? My mother almost died, but it's okay. One night... My stomach was rumbling so badly. Like, it woke me up. I was knocked out, and then my stomach just really started acting up. I, unlike Trish, have no idea why this happened, okay? So, I went into the bathroom, and before I could make it to the porcelain god, I shit everywhere. I mean, the floor, the tiles, the toilet, everywhere. Apparently... Whatever was in the bathroom did not get spared. Like, I cleaned up everything, including my now husband's gym bag that was on the floor, cleaned myself up, and went back to bed. So, like, when he woke up, he had no clue what had happened. I just told him about it. So, a few days later, he's going to the gym and goes to take his gym bag out of the trunk. And he calls me, and he's like, why is there chocolate on my gym bag? Chow. <laughs> Child, when I told you I had shit on that man's bag and left some remnants and didn't know, oh, he was done with me. He was like, did you shit on my bag? <laughs> I hollered. I just laughed. I was like, listen, he and I died laughing. He's like standing in the parking lot at the gym and he is dying laughing. So he's out there like scraping shit off his bag with his finger thinking it's chocolate. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God he didn't taste it. Right. And unlike Trish, my shit did not smell like peppermint. Okay. So we still laugh about that story because it is hilarious. And, but see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that should not be a deal breaker. You should be able to shit on your man's bag, he find out, and you laugh about it later. Why not? If you have someone that you can't do that with, listen, it's so much that goes on in relationships and particularly in marriage that a little shit on the bag cannot be the reason that it's a deal breaker, okay? Mm. 
I will say that my circle has some pretty shitty moments, including me. All right, come on, Mr. Abe Lincoln. Come on. Let's have a little more. So, I'm going to end this part of this segment with, like, an embarrassing guy moment, okay? So, one of my faithful listeners, he's awesome. He didn't give me permission to use his name, so I'm not going to. Um, he was at a party about two years ago, and he pulls a girl to the middle of the dance floor to dance, right? So, now pause. The difference between a party setting and a regular club setting, like a random night out at the club, is that you're likely to know more people in the party, even if it's at a club, than versus a regular club night. So whatever happens is potentially more embarrassing. So Alex, that's the pseudonym I'm going to give him, brings this young lady to the middle of the dance floor. And of course, everyone is cheering them on, etc. blah, blah, blah. Right when they were supposed to start dancing, she spots her ex who's like behind Alex and leaves him on the dance floor in front of everyone. So imagine like there's like a crowd around you like, go, go, go. And then she gone. That, listen, I felt so badly for him. I shouldn't have left. That's fucked up. Okay. So poor Alex. He walked back to the bar and said everyone was, like, staring at him. And I'm like, of course they were. You just got played in front of a ton of people. Even though they told him, like, she was effed up for doing it, you know they were all laughing inside. I mean, shit, I was laughing when he told me. But I will say I decided to end this segment with Alex's story because his processing was phenomenal. It's like a true life lesson. What he said to me was, Every rejection I experience, I look at it like it's her loss, not mine. Every time I get rejected, it's her losing an opportunity to get to know an amazing human being. You know what? Cheers to you. I don't have another glass. I'm going to cheers the, the, the wine bottle. Cheers to you, Alex, because I think that pretty much sums it up. Everybody has embarrassing moments. Everybody has embarrassing shit. It's not a reason to retaliate. It's not a reason to do anything. Take it. Be a champ. Be grown. Move on. And I mean, shit, if you're at the club and at the bar, have a drink, because that's what the hell I'm doing, too. Mm. So, we're going to transition to, in their defense, so we've had this segment before. It was actually about Kim Kardashian pursuing her, her law degree. So, the In Their Defense segment for today is featuring Pope Francis. Now, for those of you that don't know, Pope Francis, that is the name of the current Pope, who is the head of the Roman Catholic Church, okay? So now, on Tuesday, last Tuesday, in the wee hours, as he is heading to the nativity scene in the center of Vatican City, this is in Italy, um, according to CNN, a woman gripped and pulled on Pope Francis as he initially greeted her, then tried to walk away. Pope Francis, in return, slapped the woman's hand twice so she would release him and allow him to continue to walk through St. Peter's Square. Now, during his New Year's Day service, the following day or a few hours later, for that matter, he made his homily about denouncing violence against women and apologized for his quote-unquote poor example the night before. Now, in his defense... That woman had a death grip on him. The man is 83 years old. Like, he, oh, and pulled his hand so hard. Like, 
she actually pulled his entire body back as he tried to walk away, okay? So this wasn't just like she just kept his hand. She pulled him while he was trying to move on and greet the other people, greet the babies. People had babies out there in the cold in the nighttime. You know, he's just trying to be present for people. So in his defense, he reacted as he did, right? Now, I've never done this before, but... Now, in her defense, she may have been invoking the spirit of the woman who had the problem with blood. And if you've never read the Bible or you do read the Bible, if you go to Mark chapter five, chapter five, verses 25 to 34, there was a woman who had a problem of blood. She approached Jesus and just her faith pushed her to just like touch the hem of his garment and she was healed. So, in a problem of blood, they describe it as, like, uncontrolled bleeding that she had tried to get help for for years, and it just didn't work. And once she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she was healed. That problem was removed from her body. So, if you, as this woman, have something urgent happening, you're desperate, etc., then you go to extreme measures, right? So, maybe that's what she was doing. So, maybe in his defense could also be in her defense, right? And she may have thought that this was the closest she would get to Jesus on earth. And she wanted to reach out to him, right? I don't know what, the, because the whole time, if you watch the video, it is on CNN. She's speaking to him while this is happening, right? So she like pulls him back and keeps talking. And he's like, slap, slap, beat it. And he walks away, okay? So I will say, but he was on his way to see the picture of the baby Jesus. Like, <laughs> he was going to see the nativity scene. So, I'm sure he's like, come on, lady. But, so one listener, um, Sexy Tigress 1973, sent me an Instagram message. Hi, Sexy Tigress. Um, saying, nope, I don't think he was wrong at all. She shouldn't have done it. Nobody likes being manhandled like that. Now, Listen, I agree, okay? Sexy Tigress, 1973, I agree. But I'm going to play devil's advocate. Shouldn't Pope Francis be held to a higher standard than most people, especially especially as he has devoted his life to being a servant of God and acting Christ-like, okay? Now, Jesus didn't go around, Jesus didn't go around slapping people's hands or reprimanding the lady that touches clothes. Like, I mean, look at it. His disciples dined him out, renounced him, and pretty much handed him over to death, okay? And he just prayed for them. So, should Pope Francis be held to that standard? Was his response in his homily the right one? Listen, I think he was in a lose-lose situation, right? But... This goes back to the fallibility of man, right? He reacted like a human because he is human. He's pure flesh. And he felt threatened and reacted in kind. I would also observe, and this came to me later on, that he probably isn't a regularly violent person because he slapped her hand like you would like reprimand an infant, not a grown-ass woman who had just pulled you like you owed her some money because that's how she pulled him. She pulled the shit out of him, okay? But I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure there's some people sitting around who are pissed at the Pope, and guess what? Y'all be alright, because he gonna pray for you. <laughs> I I have to tell you, being able to do this podcast and just speak to you guys, and you guys speaking back to me, it just, 
it totally just gives me life and feeds me and fuels me and keeps me going. I appreciate you. I love you guys. As always, email me your thoughts, wine suggestions, things you think of or read, and let's talk, okay? Drop me a line, a.grandenterprises, G-R-A-N-D-E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S at gmail.com. You can hit me on the Instagram page at underscore a.grandlife, G-R-A-N-D-L-I-F-E. And don't forget to share. Share it with somebody. Look, listen to old messages, okay? I have another message coming this week, so you'll hear from me sooner rather than later. Remember, it's a grand life. Have a drink and enjoy. I'm Jamila, and we'll talk and drink soon. Love you guys.